Welcome to the Masters in Motion podcast, where we empower and inspire Masters athletes to reach their full potential. Join us as we delve into the world of CrossFit and showcase the strength, resilience, and determination of Masters athletes. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting your journey, this podcast is dedicated to providing CrossFit news, education, and inspiration, because we love the sport. All right, guys, this is episode number two, and I'm solo this week. There will be some weeks where I have Rick Stevenson with me, other weeks where I'm solo, some weeks where we do interviews. We're just going to leave this open and see where it goes. But I wanted to start out with news and updates this week before jumping into talking about the upcoming CrossFit Open, which kicks off the 2023 CrossFit Games season this week, which is awesome. Like, I literally can't wait. The best part of the year. So it's a long journey to the games, but we get to kick it off this week. First thing in the news is that the strength of field rules have been released and the structure of how that goes has been released. And it's a bit confusing. I listened to a couple of podcasts about it, both Talking Elite Fitness as well as the CrossFit Games podcast. And I'm grateful that we don't even have to pay attention to it as masters. So that's all I'm going to say about it. I led you in a direction there. But really, the strength and field is fun and entertaining and interesting for the elite athletes, but it really doesn't matter at all for masters athletes. Our entire roster, our region, everything is worldwide. So if you don't know how the process goes for masters athletes to qualify for the games, here's what it is. We have the CrossFit Open. We have three weeks of the CrossFit Open, and that's what's starting this week. The top 10% from the CrossFit Open worldwide for Masters will move on to quarterfinals. Quarterfinals is around the last week of March, first week of April in that range. And so in each individual age group, there will be anywhere from 500 to a few thousand people doing the Masters quarterfinal. And that quarterfinal will be over one weekend. Workouts are typically released on a Thursday, or they'll release one or two workouts on a Thursday, and they might release a couple more throughout the weekend, or like they have in the past couple of years, they've released all the workouts, but then given you specific deadlines to complete those workouts, meaning you have to have workouts one and two done by Saturday at noon, and then the next two workouts done by Sunday at noon. So that's what that looks like. And from there, the top 30 in each age group will move on to semifinals, which is about four weeks after quarterfinals and semifinals. And for Masters athletes, this is not an in-person event. It is a virtual event as well. The Open, quarterfinals, semifinals for Masters. Again, we're just competing with everyone in the world, and it's all an online event. So semifinals will be the top 30 in each age group, and it will be, again, workouts released typically on a Thursday, and then we have different time cutoffs on Thursday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday in order to complete them. So that's what that looks like. We don't have to worry about the strength of field. We don't have to worry about how many spots in our region. It doesn't mean anything for us. So that's great. Moving on, the next piece of news is that you have to register for the Open this week. You got to do it. If you are doing the Open, I strongly recommend that you go ahead and register online at games.crossfit.com. It's 20 bucks. Like it's literally no big deal to go on there and do that. This is officially my 10th year completing the games. And I lost my first year data. I don't know. I created a new profile or something way back when. So it's going to show that this is my ninth year, but it's actually my 10th year doing the open. And I have all of this data from years and years of doing the open. All of that is tracked 
at games.crossfit.com. It's all in my profile. So I can go back and look at my open scores. I can see how I've progressed year after year. And there are definitely those out there that recommend not signing up for the open, not paying $20. And you know, I just don't think that's a great argument. I think we're part of this world here. We are CrossFitters. I know that I love the sport. It's not perfect. And there's lots of problems with lots of different organizations. Doesn't matter. I'm going to go ahead and register for the Open, well, obviously, because I want to qualify for the games this year. But I think if you're on the fence, you should register for the Open. If it's your first year, you should absolutely register for the Open. Get a score in there. Even if you have to scale the workouts, you'll be able to submit scores. But this is creating the history of your future. You want to be able to 10 years from now, go back and have all of this information, this data, how you performed, how you got better over and over again. I love going to my profile and seeing how I did in 2015 and how I did in 2016. I didn't even qualify for the games until 2018 and then 2019. And if we look at last year, I don't do particularly great in online qualifiers. I believe in quarterfinals last year, I might have been seventh and then fourth in semifinals. I don't remember specifically. I'm not going to look it up right now, but um, it's just good data. It's really fun to have. It's also just part of being a global community. You are doing this thing with the rest of the world. So you get to compare yourself to, to every single person, every athlete that does this. You get to compare yourself to people in your state, in your age group. You may have like hashtags. Like if you're a first responder, you get to see how well you do against other first responders. Like it's pretty cool. So just do it. Like it, you might as well register. You might as well pay the $20 and be a part of this whole thing. And be sure to keep an eye out this Thursday. The CrossFit Open announcement is at noon Pacific time. I will go live on my YouTube channel just for reaction and then initial strategy and thoughts about the Open. Really fun. You can have the Open stream on your phone. You can have your iPad open with my stream. I'll also have the Open stream on my screen so we can just all enjoy that together. My YouTube channel is just YouTube at Jason Grubbs. So go on Thursday. And we can all get excited and celebrate the open announcement 23.1. All right. So what I wanted to jump into for this episode is to talk about last minute prep for the open. I was brainstorming this and thinking about what it's like with just a few days left before the open. Is there anything that we can do to focus on this week or even throughout the open? What are some of my tips on that for beginners and games level athletes? And that's what I'm going to go through here. I'm going to spend just a minute or two or three on each category, beginner, intermediate, and games level with regards like how you can prep for the open. What are some things you can focus on? So let's just jump into that. So if you're a beginner, one of the things you want to practice over the next couple of days as you're getting ready for the, doing the open workout on Friday, if you do have a gym that does Friday night lights, that's where I like to do that. But your gym may do it at some point this weekend, whatever. You want to practice your movements this week. Make sure that you're meeting the requirements for the movements. If there's squats, you have to make sure we get below parallel. If there's wall balls, we got to get below parallel. We make sure we throw that ball above the line. Practice your movements this week like you're being judged, like there's someone watching your movement patterns on thrusters. Again, deep enough on that squat. And how is your lockout overhead? Is it solid? Is it stacked overhead? Is the barbell above your shoulders, above your hips, over your heels? That's what some of those movement standards require. On, on burpees, does your chest touch the floor all the way? It needs to touch the floor all the way. On push-ups, on burpees, are you good at jumping over the barbell? Because we'll jump over the barbell or we'll jump over a box if we do burpees. 
So practice those movements as if you're being judged. They're all coming into mind right now. Are you standing up tall on the box at the end of a box jump? Are you getting your chin over the bar on pull-ups? Are you touching your chest on chest-to-bar pull-ups? Whatever, just make sure that you have your movements dialed in. And if you're a beginner, you may not be able to do all of the movements. You may not be able to do all of the prescribed weights, and that's okay. CrossFit provides scaled versions of all these workouts. But even within those scaled versions, we want to make sure that we're hitting the specific movement requirements for every one of those movements. All right. And then as you approach the open this week, it probably would make sense to do some deloading. So a deload is a common thing that you do as you are approaching a competition where you start to lighten your workload. You start to spend a little less energy in the gym, maybe a little less intensity so that you are at your very best for game night. That's going to be Friday for you. So the way I would approach that if I was a beginner this week and how I did this in my first couple of years doing the Open is I would train like normal on a Monday. I'd train like normal on a Tuesday and on Wednesday I would start to dial it back. I would probably give about 60% effort at the gym on Wednesday so that I can actually wake up Thursday not sore. I don't want to be sore Thursday. I don't want to be sore on Friday. I want my body to be well rested, recovered for when I get to crush it on Friday. On Thursday, I might do some active recovery and it might be something simple like taking a nice like half hour walk or a bike ride or spending some time, a little bit of time on a rower or a stationary bike or really light echo or a salt bike. Just, just getting the blood flowing. And if I have access to sauna or a hot tub, I might do a little bit of that on Wednesday, maybe a touch of it on Thursday so that again on Friday, I'm at my very best. And on game day, for beginners, intermediates, and games level athletes, we want to stick to our routine. We want to make sure that we're sleeping when we usually sleep. We don't want to stay up late on Wednesday night, hoping to feel good on Friday. Go to bed at a normal time. Get up at a normal time Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as you're getting ready for the Open. Make sure you're eating consistently. Like, what do you normally eat every day? How many calories do you take in every day? And just do that as a normal training day for the Open. Be prepared warm up. A lot of CrossFit gyms will be doing heats for the open. So it's not going to be like a class. It may be show up for your heat at 530, which means you probably want to get there like 445 so you can start doing your standard warm up to make sure that you are ready for your heat. You might have to be in charge of doing your own warm up. And for the love of God, don't add any new things. This is not the night to try your buddy's pre-workout. If someone gives you a scoop of something to give it a shot, don't do it. It's totally not worth it. You don't want to be in the middle of your open workout, like with the shakes, too much caffeine or something like that. Like that's a disaster right there. Or God forbid you like have to run to the bathroom because you, you did something brand new. You've never done just before doing this. Don't, don't anything new. Just stick to your routine. Do what you do and enjoy the hell out of it. All right. Intermediate athletes. All right. This is not your first rodeo. Maybe it's not your first open. But what are some things that you can do to prepare and start to think about for this year's Open? Obviously, same as beginners, just make sure you're solid with all of your movements. Make sure that you are getting low enough on squats, you're getting high enough on wall balls, chins over the bar, all the things. Make sure that you avoid no reps at all costs. There is nothing worse in a competition than getting a no rep. It's such a waste of energy. So make sure you're meeting all of the standards. And if you need to do a little bit of practice, do that this week just to make sure that you are really dialed in and start to think about optimizing your movements now that you're an intermediate. Okay, so what's the fastest way for me to do box jumps? Do I step down with my left foot every time? Or do I step down with my right foot every time? This is a time to start to strategize. How do I move faster through movements? Because when we're doing transitions or a movement and we're doing high volume like we typically are in the open, 
we could if we lose half a second on every box jump, but we could optimize that, maybe go half a second faster. When we think about doing something like that for 12 minutes, man, that really buys us a lot of time. Think about like wall walks. How long do you spend with your chest on the floor for wall walks? How many steps do you take on wall walks? Can you get that down to like four steps to get all the way up and like three or four steps to get down? What's the best way for you to do that? Do you do burpees in such a way that if this is a, we have a workout that comes that has sprinty burpees. How do you sprint your burpees? Do you spin in a circle? Do you always turn the same direction? Or like me, do you come up with your left leg off the floor on one side of the bar if you're doing bar facing burpees and on the other side, come up with the, uh, the left leg so you're not spinning, you're not making yourself dizzy. How do you do burpees? Think about that, plan for that so that when it comes game night on Friday or over the next three weeks, you are ready for that, right? Double unders. I have two paces for double unders. I have the pace I go if I need to do 100 double unders unbroken, which is a nice kind of easy restful pace. Or I have the set of 30 to 35 double under pace, which is much faster and a little riskier. How are your double unders? And can you do two different paces for that? On wall balls, like how do you pick up a wall ball, get into that squat and go? Do you stand up with a wall ball and then do a full squat? Or do you do a squat clean into that wall ball? And making sure that you kiss the wall with that wall ball. And actually, on the, as that ball is coming down, you actually catch the ball as you're starting to go down into the squat. You can make that wall ball cycle just a little bit faster that way. Getting in and out of a rower. It looks like we may have a rower in the open this year. So if you have to get in and out of the rower multiple times, practice that. Like, how are you going to get in and out of a rower fast? If you lose three or four seconds every round of a workout, getting in or out of the rower, you're just burning time right there when you can be not burning time. An example, what some guys do is they will loosen the straps just loose enough that they can slip their feet in and out, but tight enough that their feet aren't slipping out of the straps when they're in the middle of a rowing workout, right? So you want to be able to slip in and out, but also not just slide out in the middle of the workout. And then sometimes some guys will even like, once they find that perfect spot, they'll wrap some athletic tape around that rower strap to make sure it's locked in and it's not going anywhere. Where are you going to place the chalk? How much chalk do you need? How are you going to rest or breathe or pace through workouts? Like these are all the kind of things that you can start to think about as you approach the open as an intermediate athlete. Like you can get pretty good at this stuff and you can beat like that nemesis at the gym. I, I always had one, like in my first couple of years, there was always that nemesis. I wanted to beat that one guy or that one guy online. Like I just want to get slightly ahead. So these are all these little shortcuts. When you plan ahead and you strategize, you think about how are you going to pace through a workout? How are you going to breathe? If the workout is like wall balls and toes to bar, I don't know, that'd be a terrible workout. But for me, I know that I would rest on toes to bar. I would breathe on toes to bar. I'd get all the oxygen I need on toes to bar because those are easy for me. On the wall balls, I would find myself doing one breath per wall ball. And I'd be planning that. And I guess I wasn't going to throw this in here, but this is the last thing I'm going to say about this. For intermediate and for games athletes, one of the things that I like to do, and I recommend all my performance coaching clients do, is whenever they're working their strategy through a workout in a training session or even for a competition or for the open, obviously, you could practice these events that you can practice these workouts in your head with visualization. So if you literally visualize what it's going to look like, three, two, one, go, I'm going to run, I'm going to pick up the wall ball, I'm going to get in that full squat position, I'm going to make sure that I hit above that 10 foot line on that first rep. Every time I approach, I'm going to hit that, I'm going to do my 10 wall balls and I'm going to, I'm going to go over to the toes to bar and I'm going to do my 10 toes to bar. I'm just making up this workout, guys. So I'm going to do my 10 toes to bar. I don't need chalk on my first round. My hands are going to be chalky already. Cool. I'm back to the wall ball get that first wall ball to kiss the wall above the 10 foot line. Okay. I get through those 10. 
And now I go over, I have a piece of chalk sitting on the edge of the rig. I'm gonna chalk up just the outside of my grips really quick, get into those toes bars. But you literally start to visualize the entire process of how you're gonna get through that workout. When are you gonna chalk up? How are you gonna breathe? How many breaths are you going to take? As you transition from one thing to the other, like you go from wall balls to toes to bar, how many breaths will you allow yourself to take? Because that's one way that you can pace. So anyway, there's some free stuff right there. That's, some, that's good stuff right there. And then lastly, games level. That's me. How am I going to approach the open? What does this mean to me? And I'm just going to talk in the first person here instead of giving advice. I'll tell you how I do this. When I look at the open, I look at it as a fun community thing. I get to be a part of something, which is really cool. Quarterfinals and semifinals, it's just me. Normally just me by myself going through a workout. Now, at the open, I get to be with a bunch of people. I get to do a workout with, some, with other people, and we're all doing it together. We all start together. We generally all finish together. It's really fun. So I'm going to have fun. I'm going to smile. I'm going to high five. I'm going to be part of a community. I'm in Baton Rouge right now, so I'm going to be at Go CrossFit. If you are in the area and you want to come, you just call Go CrossFit and uh, come do the Open with us on Friday night. It'll be great. G-E-A-U-X is how you're going to spell that. All right. You all know that if you're down here. All right. But I think, of the, I think of the Open as also a bit of a trial run for quarterfinals and semifinals. Here we have a prescribed workout. I'm going to set up my cameras and record this workout so that I can share that with you guys. I'm going to share it with the public, but also just as a way to practice for quarterfinals where we have to submit videos and semifinals where we have to submit videos. I always have two cameras on me. I always try to find the best angle unless CrossFit has some where they want us to put the camera. I'll put that there and I'll just I'll always get clearance from the gym owner before I do that to make sure it's all good. But I just want to make sure I get some practice there. This week is going to be a standard training week for me. I'm with Mayhem, and this week Mayhem has us doing a deload week, although my workout today didn't feel like a deload. I'm recording this on Monday. It's awful. I'm, I'm, it was deadly. But uh, it's technically a deload week, so that's fine. But I train through the open. So I'll train today, train tomorrow, train Wednesday, double sessions, which is pretty standard. On Friday, I will, I will be a part of the community on Friday night doing the open during their Friday night lights that they have a different name for it, but I'm going to go in earlier and get my first session out of the way earlier that day. And then my second session will be the open workout. I'm just going to do it that way. I'm not looking to peak at the open. Like I want to do really well. I don't want to be embarrassed. I want to do well, but I'm not looking to be at my very peak. This isn't my, this isn't my Super Bowl right here. My Super Bowl is semifinals. So I know I'll get to semifinals and I want to be as fit as I can possibly be, as healthy as I can be at semifinals so that I can qualify for the games. So I'll be training through this entire process. Over the next three weeks, the Open is just another workout for me, but it's a workout that I get to record, have a lot of fun, get to do with the rest of the world, which is great. Yeah, like I said, I'll film each workout. I'm just checking my notes here. I practice camera placement. I'll upload the videos. So practice uploading the videos, even if you just upload them and keep them private on YouTube just so you can see how long that takes and submit your scores. Obviously, you have to submit your scores, but this is also one of those things that I get really nervous about. When I submit my score, I'm like, oh man, do I have it right? Do I have it right? And in 10 years of submitting open scores, I haven't made a mistake. In five, six years of submitting qualifier scores, everything has been perfect, but actually during semifinals last year, I submitted a score wrong. Yeah, I submitted the amount of reps on bar muscle-ups I got instead of reps for the overall workout. And, and it got published, and I was dead last, which was peculiar. And CrossFit fixed it for me because I submitted it incorrectly. But this is a good way 
to submit a score and practice and just know that, like it's a little nerve wracking to submit that score when it says is it, are you sure you click that button you're like oh i think i'm good and then i'll check multiple times through the weekend to make sure i submitted my score i'll set alarms on monday at four o'clock my time just to make sure that the score is still there that i actually put it in there because you cannot submit a score late if you submit it late you're out games athletes you're out also I really like to think about strategy and pacing as these are workouts that tend to be hints or clues or maybe Adrian Bosman, who's programming the entire season this year. A lot of times there's hints and clues dropped into the open as to what we might see in quarterfinals and semifinals. So we might see a basic version of a workout, although it's deadly, but basic in the open, we might see some more complexity of that similar movement pattern in quarterfinals or semifinals or at the game. So I tend to just really get uh, excited about thinking about strategy, thinking about pacing. I definitely visualize these workouts as well. It's good practice. There's that urgency that comes with the open, like it's this is it. And it's I'm performing now. I'm not just training. I am performing. And there's a very different way that I approach workouts when I'm performing that's not different the way I approach it, but it's a different feeling that I have when I'm performing than when I'm training. But I am always working on strategy in workouts, whether it's performing or training. There's always strategy. I'm always thinking through it. I'm always thinking about when I'm going to rest, how I'm going to recover, how I'm going to breathe through these workouts. But the intensity, the urgency that comes with an open workout creates that little bit of additional adrenaline. And so I also start to think about like, how am I going to manage that adrenaline? How am I going to make sure that adrenaline doesn't mess me up for my workout? Here's an example. I'll just share this one. I did this uh, competition. It was early in 2016, 2017. It's just a local competition. And this workout started with push jerks. It was actually it was something like maybe seven minutes of max push jerks, just with a barbell. But every time you set down the bar, you have to do seven chest-to-bar pull-ups to earn more reps on the barbells. Every time you set it down, seven chest-to-bar. So I practiced this at my home gym and I did something like maybe 10 push jerks and then seven chest to bar, then 10 push jerks, seven chest to bar. I just practiced that. That was just my plan. And I got out there, man, I felt good. At three, two, one, go, I went ahead and did something like 18 or 21 push jerks. I just felt great. I just crushed those push jerks. I dropped it, did some chest to bar, picked up the bar for more push jerks. And I realized the mistake that I had made. My shoulders were dead. So my next set was something like four push jerks. My plan was 10, 7, 10, 7, 10, 7. But because on that first round, I felt so good and there was so much adrenaline jamming through my system, I went through this huge set of 21. It messed everything up. So adrenaline can actually mess you up. Like shoulders don't recover from pressing overhead because of adrenaline, but you can definitely overtax a muscle group because of that adrenaline. Yeah, practice that. Think about that. Think, man, as I approach this workout, I'm going to feel all kinds of adrenaline. What's my game plan? And how am I going to stick to it? All right. There's the intensity, the urgency, the pressure, all of that is there. We call that window pressure. Don't change your bet at the window at the horse track. Just because someone else bets on horse number 12, you're going to bet on horse number seven. Stick to your strategy. Justin LaSala, a buddy of mine, a games athlete in my age group, told me about window pressure. Yeah, you hold your strategy execute on your strategy, and then review your strategy afterwards. All right, guys, that's my tips on getting ready for the Open, which just starts in a few days. Want to share one pick of the week that I have for you this week. My pick of the week is the Crossover Symmetry. So Crossover Symmetry has a couple of products, but the ones I'll talk about today are the Crossover Symmetry Shoulder 
bands, I guess is what they're called. But this is something that I've used since day one in CrossFit, or it's more like day, I don't know, four months into CrossFit. So I started CrossFit and very quickly, I had an old shoulder injury from high school that started to hurt again. It made it really hard to press overhead, hard to do wall balls, hard to do anything in that sort of frontal plane, but going vertical with any kind of object. It was absolutely devastating because I loved CrossFit, but I could not, his shoulder was killing. My coach at the time had just bought Crossover Symmetry because he had lots of so shoulder issues. And he just told me to do this every day. And I've done Crossover Symmetry, the shoulder activation protocol, every single day as part of my warm-up for 10. When I was home during COVID, I had my own set of Crossover Symmetry. I have a set that travels with me. So if I'm in any gym, no matter where I'm at, I attach my crossover symmetry to their rig and I do crossover symmetry as part of my warm-up every day. I don't really do any of the other protocols unless it's recommended with my programming from Mayhem, but I definitely do it as part of my warm-up. And if you haven't watched my warm-up video that I published on YouTube this week, it's on there. You'll see it there. But it is, it's a lifesaver and it has made my shoulders so bulletproof. I've had no major shoulder issues in 10 years of CrossFit and five years of that being extremely competitive as an old man, I'm 47 now. And so I qualified for the games as a 42 year old. So for the last five years, I've been at the highest level of competition in this sport with healthy shoulders. And it's from crossover symmetry, I'm telling you. So highly recommended. I'll put a link in the show notes to crossover symmetry, or you could always find it on my warm up video on YouTube. It's also in the show notes there. You could Google. Crossover symmetry, just as simple as well. If you do click the link in the show notes or in the description of my YouTube channel, that is an affiliate link and I get a very small of the sale there just to be completely transparent. But if you want to support the channel, support what we do around here, that is, that's very helpful. It's pennies on the dollar guys, but it's something and it's incredibly helpful. And I would recommend and have recommended crossover symmetry for years and years and years. So this isn't something new and I'm certainly not recommending it because of a small little bit I get if someone uses my link. Get it, it's absolutely worth it. It's just great. The last thing I want to share is that I did just launch a program that combines basically all the programs that I've done in the past for master's athletes. I've done lots of 12 week programs and some daily training programs, combined all that together along with my nutrition program for everyday athletes. And I, I put it together, it's called Boulder Athlete. It's a monthly subscription program. You get seven days for free. There's a link down below in the show notes or just go to jasongrub.com. It's on the homepage. Try that out for seven days. If you are a master's athlete looking to get started or looking to truly dial in your training and nutrition consistently, I think you're going to love it. And uh, go out there, go to jasongrub.com and you'll see it right on the homepage there. So with that said, guys, thanks for tuning in to Masters in Motion, where we help you embrace your potential for remarkable fitness at any age. If you found this episode to be helpful, we'd be truly grateful if you could take a moment to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app. Your support helps us reach more listeners and grow our community. Until next time, get bolder, not older, guys. See ya.